Let's party, homes. Invite all the bitches. Hundreds and fifties, big old bitties. Yeah. Uno. Dos. No thrash, you hear me? Hey. Hey, cost a little like this, you hear me? Uno. Dos. No thrash, you thought, though. We got bitches second nice in a lot, though. Big chop, knock a nigga out sapatos. Still getting kept so like nachos. Hey! Welcome to New Jump City, everybody. Oh, yeah. Ya tu sabes, mi amigos. That was the voice of my beautiful co-host, Joshua Cole. I am your main host, Christian Espinal. I'm very excited. What up? <laughs> Don't look at me like that, Brian. I make weird noises when I'm excited. He just had a stroke. Yeah, I did. I had a mini stroke. Uh, that was the voice of uh, our interim Brian, uh, Brian Espinal, my younger brother, interim producer. Uh, give it up for him from the privacy of your own homes or work or wherever you are listening. They got me from a Brian warehouse. <laughs> they just pumped these guys. Yeah, we cheap bargain bin Brian. Uh, uh, let's get some plurgs out of the way before we get into our show this week. You can find us on the social media. I am at, on Twitter and Instagram at the Chris Espinal. Josh, where can they find you, old friend of mine? Y'all gotta like me on Instagram at jdcole underscore thirty seven. Yeah, yeah, Brian. Where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter for at, at Brian Espinal. Jesus, Brian, come on. <laughs> you know what? Do that again. Have some goddamn confidence in yourself. You can find me on Twitter at Brian Espinal 8. And on Instagram, you can find me at underdogs underscore Brian. Put your goddamn foot down, man. Yeah. Say it with your chest. Little ass bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, censors. <laughs> Um, you can, if you guys want to email us anything, uh, you know, suggestions, things for us to read, all that stuff, you can find, uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Spotify as well. Follow us on that if you prefer that to anything else. Uh, we are on, uh, YouTube now. I, all the links to that will be in the description now. I've, uh, put some work into that. So we should have that going for us. Uh, if you guys want to help out the show, if you guys like the show at all, please give us a five star review. Do not be shy. Uh, we could use the love. Uh, and I, I think that's it. And without further ado, spoiler alerts ahead as Dominican Brian will now randomize us. Samurai 8. Oh, wow. We're starting with Samurai 8, Chapter 21, Shining White Blade. Uh, first page, right off the bat, Dharma's just cutting some pe- some dude in half clean. Him and his holder. It's not a, lo- it's not a happy day for him. Uh, Hachimaru and the rest are surrounded by goons. Uh, this, whole f- this whole chapter is mostly just fighting uh, throughout... Basically, we get like the small rules of the of this battle royale so far. If your key is damaged in any way, you're out. So, uh, you know they're already on their way. The number has been reduced. the uh, The number that's hovering behind everybody is the number of participants uh, during the during the whole thing. Uh, yeah, Hachimaro does this thing with uh, this new guy. I keep forgetting this kid's name. Do you remember this kid's name? Not at all. Yeah. Sorry, guys. <laughs> new kid's name. Uh, is just like I'll beat the organizer and stuff. You know, they're both uh, rivals, I guess. Um, he uh, he asks on. He's like, "Hey, you're gonna cheer for? You're gonna pray for me, right?" And she's like, "Yes." So he's gonna get real strong. Uh, 
Meanwhile, Dharma pulls up pulls up with a fucking sniper rifle. Big ass sniper rifle. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I actually skipped over that. I didn't notice that. Damn, it's a big ass cat. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, what's he about to do with that, bro? Yeah, shoot people. Take out. somebody's fucking noggin off. <laughs> Knock they melon off the shelf. Yeah. But uh the battle continues and um you know, the numbers are reducing, reducing, reducing. Dude, it gets it just evaporates. It goes from twelve hundred to a hundred and twenty six. Literally a thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, within one page. This happened across one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight panels. Yeah. Uh, then this new samurai guy comes along with like a duck holder. I think this is supposed to be. And he just announces his presence. He's like, I'm the captain of the big mouse and major contender for this grand stellar shogun. <laughs> it's a lot going on. Um, but then he gets one-shotted by Hachimaru. Because uh, now he's apparently very good at fighting. Yeah, and and just to just to be just to level with you guys, I don't remember the part where he got mad nice. I don't remember this happening ever. <laughs> like he, that dude was definitely some type of skilled samurai. I mean, he was talking shit instead of like <laughs> he was standing there with his holder. Like I don't even got to be ready for y'all. I'm just letting you know I'm here and I'm ready to smoke you. But here comes Hachimaru, the expert. Yeah, all of a sudden. Last we saw Hachimaru, he cut off his own head in order to gain a scratch on an opponent. Maybe he gained a new perspective. Nope. <laughs> nope. He, I mean, apparently, but when? That kind of stuff is important. Maybe we'll get it in a flashback. You know, Kishimoto's good for those. Yeah. But then these two samurai show up and uh, they kidnap. They try to kidnap on. But this uh, new samurai comes up and just slices the dude clean in half. So I guess he's the antagonist for now. Uh, I, did they say his name? I forget his name. Uh, pretty boy samurai boy uh, is... I'm, I'm searching for it. He's like being good at cutting things is one thing, but the thing you really need to train and refine is the uh, relationship between princess and samurai. Yeah, man, he's really been pressing this whole princess-samurai duo thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's more, you know, maybe there's more to the dynamic. Yeah, I just think her so. powering him up. Yeah. Maybe it's a little... I mean, it's a good thing. It's a little annoying, but maybe it's a good thing. Well, I think uh, they're trying to like highlight that uh, An has like promised to really just take care of her, and Hachimaru has really offered anything in return. So, who knows? Maybe we'll finally get something out of that. Um, in any case, uh, they uh, they decide to have this like one on one fight. Uh, Hach- uh, An gets this little flashback where like everybody has doubted her. You know, she's never been good at anything, and everybody. Uh, is like she she sucks as a princess, blah blah blah. <laughs> uh, but uh, she's not really good at anything. That's literally what it says. That's what someone said about her. That's fucked up, man. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard someone say that about another person. <laughs> He's uh, not good at anything. This guy isn't shit. <laughs> uh, but in any case, that just inspired uh, Hachimaru to say like, "I'm sorry, Han. I'm not perfect," and that inspires her to be like. You know what? I'm. That's why I'm here. You know, to help you out, to make you as good as you can possibly be. Yeah. So she starts praying for him, and uh, they I go guess, gear one. Yeah, they go gear two. Gear actually. two, and uh, that's when uh, Hachimaru goes after him, goes after this new samurai guy, and uh, Daruma notices and is like, "What's this? A shining white samurai soul?" 
And uh, Darwin's like, you're finally beginning to wait, awaken at last, Hachimaru. And, you know, his eyes are wide open. This is the time when he can actually, like, see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, moments. shit. I just realized that. And he's like, oh, oh, I'm so surprised. Such a white blade. Oh, they're moving really fast, man. I didn't know that this was, like, a thing uh, that there's, like, a particular thing to, like, samurai sword colors in this series. Um, apparently, that's a big deal that his sword is shining white. I didn't know what color it was before. Yeah. But uh, Did apparently. Is that a color spread or something? Nope. No, right? No. Okay. I, I guess this just means something somehow. Uh, so he's going against his first boss character. Well, he technically no. second boss. Well, you character. know, like a legit fight. Mm-hmm. Like without some supernatural shit and help happening. Yeah. I mean, it was fine, this chapter. Um, it's a lot of fighting. It's a little weird to see Hachimaru just all of a sudden cutting down people with zero problem like he's been doing this for years. Excellent finesse and skill. Like, I get he's supposed to, like, I guess the... The implication is that he's been trained with Ryu, so he's just, like, a little better now. But this is, like, a lot <laughs> up top, where he's just, like, slain probably 500 of these samurai on his own. They could get places before Daruma, who's supposed to be, like, the master here. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a little strange, but... The uh, person he's fighting against is interesting, because he's kind of, like, trying to teach him about being a samurai. Because I guess you don't die in this competition, at least that's not what it seems like right now. Yeah, as far as we know. Um, I'm looking forward to next week. Yeah, me too. I, it wasn't a bad chapter. Um, it was just, like, a little... It, samurai has this problem where it's just kind of, like, inconsistent. I mean, I don't know how to describe it. It's not inconsistent. It's just... um. It's it moves really quickly. Like it's as if like we he's skipping over the developments though. Yeah, that's, that's what the, it is. Sometimes that's like the best part of the stories. Mm-hmm. That's um, where you grow to really respect the character. And, and I don't know if that it's there's pressure on him because Samurai Eight has not been doing well in the rankings, so they're just like uh, pick it up, Kishimoto. So I don't know. I don't know if that's the deal. I hope it's not. Um, I hope like they don't pressure him to just rush this story because that's just how you make shit worse. But uh. I'm, I have high hopes for Hachimaru. Uh, this wasn't a horrible chapter at all. There's been worse chapters of Samurai 8, so uh, I'm looking forward to see where this goes. Um, with that with that said, Brian Espinal, randomize us. Event Leviathan. Oh, right. We are on uh, Event Leviathan number five. Uh, this is the penultimate one. Uh, next issue is the last one of this. Uh... Basically, this picks up, uh, we get, like, up top is just a list of suspects involved in all this. Uh, you know, Steve Trevor, Amanda Waller, uh, Director Bones, Yo-Ho-Ho-Ho, uh, mm-hmm. Talia, Talia um, Maxwell Lord, Jimmy Olsen, Rachel Ghoul, Red Hood, and Kate Spencer, who is Manhunter. Kate Spencer! <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong, Josh? <laughs> She's one of my all-time favorite DC characters. <laughs> So I'm I'm I really appreciate that's, that that's code for Josh made her a central part of this story. Yeah, I get what he was going for. He wanted to be super edge and bring all these people that you ain't think about. Ooh, they important now. I bet you ain't see that coming. He no, brought the I elongated didn't. man back. Yeah, that was cool. Ralph Dibney. Yeah, that's our guy. Didn't um, he go fucking insane or something? What else? Yeah, but you know, new continuity. Yeah. Uh, basically, my wife. <laughs> Join this occult. Uh, last occult. issue we left off. Uh, apparently, there's been a whole separate group of detectives working on the Leviathan case, and uh, Lois Lane has met up with them to find out what they know. Uh, 
and ap- apparently they all suspect it's uh, Lois Lane's dad, uh, who is currently. Uh, She's like, no, no, <laughs> no way, definitely not, definitely not. And they're looking at her like, I'm like, mm, come on, come on, do you see the way I'm looking at you? I'm, <laughs> I'm dead serious. You got the smartest people in the world all telling you it's like, it's your dad, dude. And uh, you know what? Charles goes Superman. She's like, nope, you're wrong. Yeah, I sound stupid. Stupid, stupid heads. <laughs> Superman, come save me. But, S- shock know. of all shocks. She's kind of right. Uh, they, they're all right, and she's not right. Uh, Sam Lehman seems to have had some involvement. He is not Levine. Some involvement. But who hasn't had some involvement at this point? A lot of people. Plastic Man has. What do you mean? He hasn't been involved yet. He's been tried. Like, people have tried to get him. You don't know. That could have been a fake scene. He could have been lying about what happened. <laughs> well, he's with Superman right now. I think Plastic Man is Leviathan. He is not Leviathan. All right. We're about to see Leviathan. He can't be in two places at once. Plastic Man can be. No, he can't. Yes, he can. <laughs> uh, mean, speaking of Plastic Man in Chicago, uh, Sp- Superman and, uh, and Plastic Man find Leviathan in wherever the fuck this is in Chicago. The sky in somewhere? Sh- in, sh- <laughs> in Chirac. In Chirac. Of course. <laughs> uh, Everybody yeah. was with it. They have this big-ass army. Uh, Leviathan starts talking to Superman about, um, you know, uh, after all they've done for you, they still treat you like shit. Blah, da, 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 He's blah. going so hard to like tell Superman, like, I swear to God, we're not enemies. Like, <laughs> we... we I mean, we do things differently, but I want what you want. So we I just, swear to fucking God. I didn't do anything yeah. wrong. <laughs> uh, you, trust me, you're going to see Superman. Yeah. I'm waiting to see what the fuck the point is. Like, what, what are you trying to do, my Meanwhile, guy? back at uh, Gotham City, uh, Batman and the initial group of detectives are just working out the kinks of everything. And uh, <sighs> they narrow it down. They're thinking that, like, Leviathan was a former Manhunter. And that's why Kate Spencer was uh, initially framed, because it was easier. Because this Manhunter dude would have access to her tech. <laughs> Josh is looking at me like... Brian, our producer, could you look up Manhunter in DC? Manhunter, I don't know a lot about, but I know it has been a thing in the past. Not a prominent thing. My, granted, it's like a C-list hero-esque type of deal. Uh, but yeah. All right, I, I got him. Mm-hmm. Who is he? Uh, he's this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the Manhunter we're talking about. That's the Manhunter's probably from Green Lantern. Uh there are, the Green Lanterns had Manhunters as well. Uh, you know who else is a Manhunter? Who? John Johns. John Johns. Yeah, that's true. It, DC has a thing with Manhunters. Uh, that's their thing. So these people that we're supposed to know. Not really. We're not supposed to know. these motherfuckers writing comics for each other? Because I just, I just don't know who the fuck these people <laughs> are. <laughs> it's fair, dude. I don't. Look, man, it, the Manhunter has not shown up in the new 52 that often. So it's like completely understandable. And I imagine uh, that Brian Michael Bendis will probably explain like the backstory of the Manhunters in general, since he is the one who actually brought them back into the fold. Okay. So, I hope but so. from what I understand, they're just like super soldier type dudes. I don't know how many of them there have been, but I know that they've been a thing, but they've just been a uh, smaller. They're kind of like on the level that, uh, you know, the defenders are like Daredevil, okay. and Luke Cage, all yeah. those kind of guys. So they're on that thing. That's all I know. That's all I know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I get that's 
basically what they kind of worked out is that a man hunter was responsible for this. And uh, meanwhile, Leviathan is just taking off his mask and revealing himself to Superman. He's like, whoa. <laughs> you? You. That, that person. <laughs> it's him. Him. <laughs> that place. That man. <laughs> that woman. But uh, the issue ends with uh, the uh, Batmobile, whatever kind of car they're in, just kind of... Uh, just gets taken down on the street and uh, f- gets ter- like flipped over. And it's Talia Al Ghul who is responsible. And that's where the issue ends. Oh, snap. Now <laughs> she's a part of it, too, again? Um, yeah. She was the one who founded the Leviathan, but uh, now she's it's just gotten taken over from her. Uh, Sick. You know, I, uh, I was cool with this. <laughs> I was fine. I, there's only one issue left. And then these have been entertaining. They have been. It's been fun to joke about, but yeah. like it's been, re- it's been really fun because a lot of like kind of tropes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's but like, it's it's cool. It's fun. I really like this event. Yeah, I, I, I really like that. It's called Event Leviathan. It's like they're really trying to stress you. Hey guys, this is a big deal. <laughs> don't don't just read the other DC stuff and think you don't need this. We have you event in the title, so and it's blue enough. stuff happening. So it might be Doctor Manhattan. No. I know. I'm just. It's saying not going to be him. I mean, if oh, I don't know if you know, uh, they uh, apparently released like a full comprehensive timeline of the DC universe up to this point. So I haven't seen it yet, but we can probably find out and see where we're at. Uh, full? Did you say a full comprehensive timeline of the DC universe? I did say that. Yes, <laughs> Brian, search it up. Uh, I guess. Um, but anyway, that's where Event Leviathan ends. Uh, pretty cool read overall. Uh, Brian, stop searching it and randomize me. <laughs> Black Clover. Oh, yeah, we're on Black Clover, chapter 223, The Agrippa Family. Uh, this chapter is all about Gordon. Uh, and who's Gordon, you guys ask? Gordon is one of the background Black Bulls members uh, that we haven't had a lot of, but he has poison magic, and he's, uh, I don't know if what he's modeled after. I feel like he's modeled after probably someone famous, maybe like Marilyn Manson. He looks like him, kind of, sort of. Is that how he looked? Yeah, he's like this a big A real person dude. looks like that guy? Yeah. I mean, but I doubt it's Marilyn Manson. I don't know. Maybe. Yeesh. He probably looks like some weird dark metal singer. Yeah. But uh, he's been uh, asked by Yami to go uh, consult with his family about poison magic. Oh, curse, curse magic. magic because you know. his family is apparently known for curse magic. Um, but he hasn't spoken to his family in years. So he's going back for Asta's sake. And uh, that's nice of him, I guess, to to reopen old family wounds for the sake of his friend. Yeah, for his guild. But he's developed a lot, and so has these other two characters. Yeah, they bring along Asta, uh, Sekre's with them, and also uh, Gaussian and Gray. Gaussian. And they're also with him for some reason. Uh, and they arrive at, uh, at, at his spooky mansion. Yeah, it was a very appropriate chapter for the time. Mm-hmm. It's October, so I guess. Yeah, it was cool. I love our... this stuff. I love the spooky stuff. This is our spooky chapter. Um, they knock on the door, and every single person in Gordon's family looks exactly like him. All these... Yeah, it's like a fucking Adam family situation going on, but way like creepier. 
Yeah, pretty much. They're all like, they all, they all, yeah, like you said, they all exactly, they look exactly like, uh, Gordon. Like, like Gordon. Even the dog looks like Gordon. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. wild. It's mime face. His situation. name is Nunali. Uh, and they all mumble. Yeah, they all mumble and mutter. really low. Mm. It's funny when you think about like how dialogue must actually sound. Because Gordon has this like passionate face on as he's talking to his pops, but he's really just been like, I'm practically abandoned the family, but it might not be my place to ask. But I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, huh? <laughs> huh? Speak up. So basically, he asks his dad about uh, the forbidden magic curses and about devils. And uh, Gordon's dad, John Jonathan, is his name right? Nathan, my bad. Uh, his dad's his dad, Nathan, takes him to his workshop, which is just full of blood and gore everywhere. And it's creepy as fuck. But, um, yeah, Gordon's just like, I knew it. I knew you were doing wicked research. And Gordon's uh, Gordon's dad is basically like, no, I'm a doctor. Because he uh, basically uses his magic, his uh, oil, black oil creation magic to uh, take Asta's essential, like, he he does, like, uh, this weird thermostat thing. Like, takes Asta's temperature with his magic. And it's revealed that he's been a recovery mage this entire time. Yeah, he's a medic. Really cool. Unbeknownst to Gordon, who's seen to have thought his dad was an evil asshole this whole time. Yeah, even Gouache is like, like, bro, like, how the fuck you Gouache? <laughs> it's Gouache. Gouache, whatever. <laughs> Gouache. Potato, potato. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Gouache. <laughs> Sounds like Gooch. Gooch. <laughs> Well, his name uh, is Gooch now. How mature are we? How mature are we? Pretty mature. Um, I yeah, think we're pretty so, cool. Uh, Gaussi Miguchi was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Gaussi Miguchi? He's lecturing his pops like... Come on, son. Can't be confusing shit. Anyway, yeah, I thought he was a bad guy. Turns out he's a medic. Yeah, he wizard. takes. he starts this uh, curse, you know, a, a curse candle ritual disc where... um. It's basically a map of the Clover Kingdom, and there's these little flames all over it. And wherever there are flames, there are curses. Uh, there are devil curses, essentially. Or curses in general. Yeah, curses, but the spots where it's really, really big is like a devil's curse. Yeah. Uh, they they even track down where Henry is. Henry is cursed, and that's why he is how he is. Just bedridden and trapped in the, uh, in the Black Bull's headquarters forever. But they find, at, and the chapter ends up where they find a devil's cur- curse right in the heart of the kingdom. So, dun dun dun! I think I know where we go with next. The heart of the kingdom, <laughs> I guess. Uh, the heart kingdom. No, it. Oh, I've fucking read this completely. Clover wrong. heart diamond. I read this completely Spain. wrong. I I thought he, it was like in the heart of this kingdom, but it's in the heart kingdom. So my bad, folks. But um, yeah, I guess they're going to the heart kingdom. What was the heart kingdom's deal again? Uh, they're all soft. <laughs> is that what? It was? Oh, they they don't got that much beef. They have the uh, the nature. That's kingdom, the heart right? kingdom. I I'm thought that was remember. like the spade. Kingdom. No, the spade kingdoms were bad. Oh. That's the bad one, I think. But uh, yeah, I don't know. In any case, that was Black Clover. Uh, this was a good read. It's doing it. It's got a streak where I'm not hating Black Clover for three whole chapters. Yeah, I've been interested. Can't mm-hmm. ask for any more than that. Yeah, it was good to see Gordon's family get these get this little uh, development in his character. Uh, the Black Bulls are always interesting folks, so it's good to see them. Uh, I like Gordon. Okay, he's a very funny dude. 
Brian, did you find the timeline by say? Uh, I, it hasn't officially been released yet, but they've been talking about like specific things, like um, Wonder Woman being first generation hero, Superman being second generation, and then something about Crisis on Infinite Earths being the third generation. I don't know. There's a there's not like an actual like solid um, timeline yet. It's just a full article explaining what it could possibly be or something. Mm. Yeah, uh, there's been this series coming out called The History of the DC Universe, so I guess it's coming out when that's over. Um, I We haven't been picking it up here because I have enough books already. So, um, but anyway. Yeah, we'll give, if it, if it's super relevant, we'll give it a mention and just talk about it. Yeah, we'll just, another. yeah, we'll talk about the timeline when it's released, but uh, that's been Black Clover. Solid. I'm good with it. Hopefully it keeps it up. Uh, I'm very much open to very much ever to enjoying Black Clover. I want to be a fan. Make me a fan. Uh, well, with that being said, Brian Espinal, randomizer. Absolute carnage. All right. We have two Absolute Carnage tie-ins uh, today. We're going to start with Absolute Carnage, Miles Morales, number three, uh, the final of Miles's. Uh, carnage stuff um the the whole so far what's been happening is that carnage also says man fuck j jonah jameson and has sent uh miles who is infected with carnage and this other dude happy dan to go take him down my man happy dan Mm -hmm. and um miles has been struggling with his carnage uh this whole time uh he's been putting up more of a fight than happy dan did and uh after he bites, uh, after he bites J. Jonah Jameson, he kind of pulls himself off of him and uses his venom blast to free himself, um, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, who else has fought the fought the venom symbiote off of themselves like that? Very few, Peter, right? Yeah, very few folks have done. It's really that. gangster miles. Hell yeah, keep um, holding it down. So his symbiote escapes, and um, he still has to deal with Happy Dan who is pissed off that Miles was able to get him off of get his carnage off of him but he wasn't hella jealous. Mm-hmm. So while they're fighting uh Silver Sable uh tries to get J Jonah Jameson to safety but uh the carnage symbiote that infected Miles just finds J Jonah Jameson and infects him instead. So now he's just this big carnage monster whose flat top is fighting to get out. Yeah. <laughs> I got to see that. Can you show me? <laughs> Look at the top of his head. Oh my Oh, my Lord. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, basically, Happy uh, Miles tries to talk down Happy Dan, and he almost does it, but that's when uh, Jameson Carnage shows up and throws Happy Dan off a fucking roof. Um, <laughs> Miles catches up with him and uh, webs up Happy Dan while he can, and uh, the whole rest of the issue is him fighting uh, Jameson Carnage, and he Venom Blasts the shit out of him again to get rid of the Carnage symbiote again. But instead of letting it go, this time Miles decides to take it upon himself to absorb, to reabsorb the Carnage symbiote, and now they, and now he has full control over it. Yo, and it's lit because he's got six arms. Yeah, he's got a new form. Hey. Uh, so Carnage Miles, that's pretty cool. Nobody has ever voluntarily, like, no good guy has ever voluntarily been like, "All right, Carnage, I'm gonna make you my bitch." Yeah, not Carnage. Mm-hmm. Venom, sure. But yeah. never Carnage. That's crazy. Good for Miles. Gangsta as hell. Hell yeah. Uh, but that was that tie-in. So good. Uh, it, the first issue was a total rip-off, but the last two issues were pretty good. Uh, 
But uh, then we have Amazing Spider-Man number 31. Uh, the continuation of the battle between uh, Norman Osborn and uh, and Spiderman. Uh, we get these intercut uh, flashbacks with Peter and Osborn uh, while the battle continues between them. And we also get this weird flashback with uh, the Kindred guy. There's they, Centipede Man. Yeah, they... Uh, they they hinted a really strong connection with whoever Kindred really is and Norman Osborn. Uh, turns out I, that kind of narrows down the field of who Kindred could be. We could probably like run a Google search to find out who Kindred is. All right, it's not Norman Osborn, right? Yeah, it's Norman. Oh, no, the Kindred? Yeah. No, Norman's right here. The, his son, I mean, Harvey. No, uh, it can't, it's not Harry. Yeah, it's Harry, Harry is right? like, yeah, Harry's like around. Okay, just making sure. Uh, who but, would he disappoint? Who would he be his... Who was working with him before? Yeah, but we could... Um, There's probably a number of possibilities back in, like, old Spider-Man times. <laughs> yeah, way back then. Maybe it was one of the old Hobgoblins. Who cares? There's, like, mad Hobgoblins, so it could be one of them easily. Um, but uh, as uh, Norman is now just trying to rip through the door to get at uh, the kids... Uh, Peter's like, why is it that I could never defeat him? Me personally, it's always been someone else, but not this time. And Peter gets up with all of the power and, and but with all his willpower, and s- straight up fist fights Carnage to the death. Uh, he he knocks out uh, Carnage Osborne, and um, that's uh, and the issue ends back at the flashback with Kindred and Osborne, where uh, Osborne at this point already has like multiple personality disorder, where he thinks he's Cash City. Uh, so he's just relaying a message from Norman Osborn, the Norman Osborn personality, to Kindred. And he's like, I'm so proud of you and what you've become, whoever you are. Um, but that's where the issue ends. Um, it's pretty solid. Uh, I can't wait to see the next week. Yeah, who the fuck is Kindred? You know, that's... These, these have been interesting because I like when they when they don't do a complete, like... You know, how do I say this? Well, sometimes when there's a tie-in, it kind of removes the person completely from whatever's going on in their story. So when they're done this way, it's really cool because they made the Carnage situation relate to Kindred. Yeah. Really indirectly, but, you know, the party's all involved. Yeah, it was pretty much well done. Um, yeah, they they did a really good job of seamlessly doing it. But this is one of the... Uh, That's the This is the final Amazing Spider-Man Carnage tie-in, right? Yeah. The rest of this is... Yeah, and also to to be to say that uh, just to mention, this is the only ongoing series that has a Venom tie-in. The rest of them are just kind of like three and duns, and maybe and Venom as well. But Venom is like it goes well, without saying. It is, yeah, yeah it, it is a Venom anyway. So, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was good as usual. Uh, Absolute Carnage number four comes out next week. We only have two issues of Absolute Carnage and a couple of the tie-ins left. Uh, before we're there's a Carnage free. versus Avengers that seems interesting out of like all the other ones in my opinion. Yeah, I'm excited about it. It should be coming out. Maybe it'll come out next week along with uh, Carnage number four. Um, but yeah, that was Amazing Spider-Man. These are the two uh, Absolute Carnage tie-ins. Uh, they're a little better. Um, I have to say about the tie-ins, I don't know how n- absolutely necessary they are uh, at this point. Uh, you could probably skip most of them and be fine. The only ones that you probably need to do are I guess the Miles one and uh, Spider Amazing Spider Man and Venom because I haven't 
I haven't really seen anything that fully warranted it. And if you wanted to, Immortal Hulk, because that was a really good tie-in and it, it filled in a blank that needed to be filled. Uh, yeah, and it was just a great read, regardless. Agreed. Um, that's probably the best uh, tie-in of it so far. But uh, with that being said, Brian has been randomizing it. Promise Neverland. Ooh, yeah. Promise Neverland, chapter 153. Um, color pages, uh, chapter 153, Coward. Look what I have done. <laughs> Look at the monster I have become Gaze for you. Gaze upon my accomplishments. Yeah. Uh, last we left off, Emma and Ray arrived at the palace to find nothing but death and carnage. Uh, Norman has completed his plan. He won, essentially. And uh, everybody's like, Dude, what the fuck? And he won by a lot. Yeah, he won. Swift victory. He flawless. He lost literally one soldier in all of this, uh, which is pretty good in terms of casualties go. Um, but oh, the girl, right? Yeah. You know, Damn. Son. She's not confirmed dead, but she has. That's probably his side daddy too. You know, he probably <laughs> was feeling a way about that. <laughs> my side thirty. <laughs> Emma wasn't guaranteed, you know. She might not be on board. Nah, dude, that's wifey. Mm. <laughs> this lady was the side thirty. Uh, but in any case, um, Norman is just like, dude, we could have. I've made a new promise, man. I did mad work. I talked to Demon Grant Morrison about this. It was really hard. <laughs> yeah, I did a lot of work. I have to <laughs> Netflix and chill with him for all of eternity now. <laughs> that was the promise I made. Uh, but uh, yeah. Norman's like, we put a f- we put a crack in this world, a fatal fissure, one poke and it will shatter to pieces. All the demons will die off at just a bit more time than until they're extinct, and we can't turn back now. It's, he's not wrong. Yeah, and Emma's like, no. <laughs> I like that everybody's reaction is just this, like Ray and Norman expect this completely from Emma, but everybody's like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, we won. That's it. It's over. We killed like everybody. And she's like, no, we can still win. We can still save the rest of the demons that are being transformed into monsters. We can stop all of this before it ends. And, um, you know, she's just trying to convince Norman to turn turn uh, around and it's not too late and all that stuff. Um, Don't give up on our dream when we were children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Very we, poetic stuff. And then we get a, a perspective, Norman's perspective on the whole thing and how, he con- how he's come to this kind of place. Where it's funny, there's there's like a distinct uh, parallel between what Ray and Emma did, went through after Gracefield, and what Norman. Norman went through this entirely alone. And I feel like if either Ray or Emma did the same, then they would also be changed by this. Yeah. They kind of needed each other to keep each other honest. But uh, Norman was very much alone, and he was essentially going to be the ultimate sacrifice for the demon world. Yeah, he's saying... All right, so there's... They shown that he's been having like these brain, these these massive headaches, these massive migraines. I think maybe he's dying soon or something like that. Maybe that's being implied, but you also had to see all the like the roughest stuff. You know, they like Emma and 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 damn, what the fuck is his name again? Norman. Norm? No, not Norman. Ray. Ray. Sheesh. <laughs> My bad. That's cool. Oh uh, yeah, Emma and Ray. You know, they had they went through a lot, but Norman seen some. Really messed up things, man. Mm-hmm. He had to see the human factories. Where everyone was basically 
Me. Yeah, <laughs> who's also around for like those big baby ones. Yeah, the really strong ones. So he's he's, he's seen the all shapes and forms. Like he's seen all the worst parts of it. And he had to do it all by himself. So, mm-hmm. you know, you could see where he's coming from and all this. And uh, eventually, in so many words, uh, Ray and Emma are able to kind of just convince him to come back around, uh, because they realize they tell him like we know everything that you've been going through. Uh, we know that you've been suffering alone. All that you've seen, we know, but it's not too late to turn back. We can be better people than total genocide. Um, and, uh, you know, it works. Uh, Norman turns around. He's like, okay, we can do this. We can save all the other demons and maybe change everything. So they don't even, so everybody can <laughs> maybe live in harmony. Uh, maybe. Maybe. And every his whole squad is shocked. Like, what? <laughs> oh, wait, what? But we did everything. Imagine they're just like, nah, uh-uh. That's probably like, what's going to happen is that they're going to be like, fucking no, dude. Like, we we went so hard. Look, they're all dead. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are we supposed to do now anyway about these guys? Zazie lost his paper bag. That's yeah. important. Yeah. And they lost Shorty. They're not trying to hear that. We're going to see, though. Oh, yeah, they did lose. See. I mean, she's still alive, it seems. With the ponytail? Yeah, she's like right here. But she's, like, dying for sure. <laughs> yeah, right? She's not in good shape. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that she's, like, yeah, this, like, uh, this head f- head, sa- head size fucking hole in my stomach is, I'm fine. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's the end of uh, Promised Neverland. I'm very excited to see how this turns out, um, how they save, save everybody. And I'm sure these human dudes are not going to be cool with what's happening. They're probably going to use that, like, demon thing this evil scientist guy was working on. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be on. So that And they have Very all the chapter. stronghold. Very so, good chapter. Yeah, certified, certified RGI, RGI? VGC. VGC. Certified VGC. Very good chapter. <laughs> uh, but that's been promised Neverland. Uh, Dominican Brian. Randomized. Not white Brian. <laughs> Power of X. Oh, my God. This is what I've been saving most of my energy for because this is a big one. Okay. Powers of X, number six of six. This is it. This is the whole, this is the end of the prologue of uh, Jonathan Hickman's multi-year seemingly run of the X-Men. We start off with that scene that we saw earlier. They do the whole scene from like. Yeah, they redo it. And I guess I I just kind of took it. For what it was worth, I understand what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I wasn't mad at it, but uh, yeah, we finally see kind of what. Uh, and I want to make an addendum here at the end of this part because I think we made an error in a previous episode when discussing uh, Moira's lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, af- uh, he starts to. Uh, she starts to show him what he saw, what what all her lives that she's been experiencing, and we cut to uh, X Men Year One Thousand: The Preserve where uh, there's this mutant farm just hanging out. And it's that... Yeah, we thought it was a human farm, but, but it's, it's actually a mutant farm. Mm-hmm. And these blue people weren't mutants. They were human. Yeah, they're humans. But cyber humans, you know. Yeah, we learn a little bit about more about what this whole thing is all about, this world. And essentially, we learn what these blue people are. And they are uh, post-human, like even post-mutant. They're the end of the line of the human uh, evolutionary chain. It was never mutants. It was eventually humans found a way to evolve themselves that technology got so crazy why wait for nature to evolve you when you can do it artificially on your own 
Yeah, one of the things they said, like, you know, it takes, you know, it takes forever for nature to make one mutant. We can produce 10. Yeah. You know, and even better versions of mutants where we're way smarter and we are the true end of the human uh, evolutionary chain. It's an incredibly, like, in my opinion, pessimistic look at, I mean, again, this is just the Marvel Universe. It's not real life, but this is what, what they're saying is that, uh, it was inevitable that through the use of forcing that evolution in order to outdo mutants that it beckoned uh, a machine uh, ri- uprise. You know, that there wasn't for, there was no way that humans could evolve without machines taking over yeah. at some point and then eventually merging all into one. Mm-hmm. And we should uh, relay that uh, he's telling all of this information to Moira and... And Wolverine, yeah. and I'm not sure if this is truly Wolverine or not, because the name he gives is kind of out of order. Like Wolverine's real name is James Howlett, and this guy's name is Logan Howlett James. So it could be a weird clone of Wolverine of some sort. Could be a reborn version of him. I don't know. Maybe I. I don't know. I, I didn't even think about. But that. it's definitely a Wolverine. Um, and they're basically talking about. What's well, more important is that that's Moria. Mm-hmm. And there's a yeah, Moira is here too, and she's he. It's basically revealed he kept them both alive because he knows of Moira's regener like uh, resurrection power. Yeah, and how basically when she dies, the universe dies with her. Mm-hmm. That was that was important mm-hmm. because we were kind of thinking like you know are these just separate realities or you know is, is she kind of like restarting things and and that was the answer yes she. Herself, when she dies, that universe is over. Yeah. And a new one starts. So, That's bugged out. Yeah. And essentially, they kept her alive because if they if they die before they become God, or if Moria dies before they become God, essentially, then she changes reality and they never know what's going on with her. There's something, there's a lack in their information when they ascend to Godhood. But if they survive past their God-making thing, then they know her forever because technology is inevitable. The phalanx are inevitable. The dominions are inevitable. So they'll just know for all of time about Moira and what she does in the future and all that shit. And then, so then that would be weird, complicated shit, but it makes sense in a way. Yeah. (laughs) It's like hyper time travel esque type of deal. He kind of, he kind of presents it in a way to them where he's like, listen, like, because I have that interest in what could be, and I know that if you get integrated with the phalanx as as we are, when, once they, you know, consume this planet, there's no way we'll know. So he just wants to see what will happen. It's kind of weird. He's He's not, I don't think he's going out on a limb or anything like that. I think he's trying, I think this is maybe just him trying to be optimistic and say maybe you know, things could have been different. Perhaps we didn't have to come to this point. Well, it's a vanity thing, I think, because you he didn't want to, he didn't want to go into this godhood and not know and, and have like a lacking in knowledge. That's the whole point of leaving more alive up to this point is so that part of reality isn't erased from their mind because they're going to be the phalanx no matter what. And the plan was not this where Wolverine just kills this guy. Um, but the plan was to keep the more and them alive as much as possible, ship them off world. So when the phalanx absorb earth, then more will be alive 
and they will always know her. Yeah, even after the even after she dies and goes back and fixes and changes everything. It's weird convoluted. Oh, okay. Time so shit. he's saying like you gotta die before that happens. No, you gotta die will... after we become God. He's giving them a choice though, to say, Do you wanna do like he's saying like he he presents it to them. He says, like, you know, I want you guys to convince me that that's not the course of action I could take. I should take because if that's the case, if the once they merge and he knows of the Morbid shit, they're not going to allow that to happen again. Well, that's they can't do anything saying. about it because they don't. The Dominion doesn't have an interest in stopping Moira. This is basically just what the people of Earth at this time want. It's not about the phalanx or anything. I don't think they really have a stake in what's happening with the means. Their their whole thing is they're just absorbing cultures and shit. It's weird. It's long, and that's, we've spent a lot of time on this already. Yeah. Uh, but in any case, um, this is where I want to make the addendum, and, you know, uh, Wolverine kills Moira and sends her back to fix everything. And this is Moira's sixth life, it's revealed. Um, back in when we talked about uh, House of X issue two, where all of Moira's lives were explained, I mentioned that her sixth life was taking down all the Trasks, but that was actually her seventh life. I mis- I misread that. They never talked about her sixth life. They skipped over number six. Yeah, that was the one I was blurred out. Mm-hmm. Which is weird, because they're saying that this was the sixth life, then... There are four other lifetimes where she still oh, doesn't okay. fix everything. Just still messes up even after knowing mm-hmm. this infant. Okay. But this is and f- that is what's supposed to be the truth, right? Yeah. That in the end, this is what happens. Well, this is the farthest she makes it in history. This is the longest she lives, mm-hmm. from what I understand. So, yeah. Yeah, because this is a thousand years into the future. And uh, the, la- the last we've seen her where she gets killed by Wolverine, she gets killed her ninth life in, um, in, in the year 100 X-Men stuff. But uh, and Wolverine kills her there too. Uh, but in any case, that was uh, that was that half of this story. Uh, it's pretty wild. Um, and now this this is her tenth life, and her tenth life is when she meets up with Xavier. I was a ten, ha ha, get it? And our time, yeah. Uh, so she basically convinces Xavier, like we need to break all the rules and do things absolutely differently from when we used to do it. Uh. And the first step is kind of trying to crack Charles out of his goody-goody nature. Yeah, which wasn't easy. And and I get this was such a great chapter for me because this showed us this is how Professor X came to what he is. It wasn't just as now he's just all of a sudden this guy because Jonathan Hickman wants to write him that way. It was something that happened over time, and I, I get it now. And as we, we get these little excerpts of Moira's journal, and we learn that it's not even immediately either. There is resistance that Xavier gives in his in giving up his ideals and all that shit. So, you know, it even takes a while for her. And her journals kind of chronicle her trying to change Xavier and recruiting Magneto and eventually losing Magneto uh, and dealing with Apocalypse, all that shit. And it was uh, her decision to kind of take herself out of the equation and live in her no place. I didn't really understand that decision, but I'm just going to assume that it's for the better. And uh, She said it has to do with the information. I think she's really cautious about being too involved because she is the centerpiece of everything. Yeah. So they're risking her by even having her out in any forefront at all. So should it's I, better to have I. her hidden away. So Somebody wanted to just assassinate her just because you know they've heard something or yeah 
I get it. Yeah, and it, like she says, if like if she dies, it, as we learn, if she dies, then the universe fundamentally changes. So, um, we then cut to uh, in Krakoa and her no space, where we're uh, understanding, we're getting the explanation of the council. They built their government, and they're reporting back to Moira about it. Um, the Red King hasn't been named. That's why they. That's why we haven't seen it yet. So, um, yeah, we learned that. And we learned something cool, too. Uh, in order for Mystique to get Mystique to join, they uh, promise her that they're going to bring back Destiny. Oh, and Moria did not like that. <laughs> Moria was she like... She was like, no, f- no fortune no, tellers. No, 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 no. No precognition types. <laughs> Plus, you know, she got beef with Destiny. She don't like her. You know, not she remember the last time that she got close. Yeah, because... The personal. Uh, Destiny and Mystique both kill Moira in her third life, if you remember. So she's not cool with... Pre- she's not cool with pre-no- precognitive mutants in general. Well, this is where it got interesting, is that... I don't know if this truth that they're speaking of is the fact that at the end of, the, of everything that they do lose and that the phalanx will merge with the machine people and then they will go on living a fake existence, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know if that is the secret. I don't think it would be that only that because it doesn't seem that like big of a deal to me. Yeah. Because what, what are they going to do anyway? Okay, we all lose in the end, guys. So what? Everyone's going to go commit suicide and that crazy? No. They might as well just still well, try they, to live I guess, normal. I guess they're just afraid that if they know everything, they'll everything's ine- inevitable. So they're not even going to try anymore. For sure, for sure. But that, I'm just saying that to say that I don't think the secret is just for the for the effect of a story. I don't. I don't. I think there's more to it than just that. Oh yeah, Moira is definitely fucking cryptic as shit, and she she seems to, she seems to have her own plan going. She's definitely using Xavier and Magneto. You know. So it's yeah. not, she, and there's pro, there's definitely reasons she doesn't want any people who can see her future, you know, and it seems to imply that Destiny's dead at this point, but they do have the ability to bring her back. Yeah, maybe she died in a previous arc or something in X Men. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but they got a way to bring it back, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, and the issue ends with um, Magneto and Xavier is like, look, we're putting it off as long as we can, but we. Eventually, they're going to have to know. They're going to find out. We can't hide this secret forever that we will always lose. So we got to keep the dream going and keep the momentum going as much as possible. So even maybe, even if they do know, they can keep going because we told them. Yeah, it makes total sense. This. Yeah. Yeah. They're Uh, trying to be grid leaders. I like that. It's not as, it's not very sneaky. They're aggressive about what they're doing and their stances, but we understand. They get well, the thing about, exterminated in the future. Despite being faced with like an inevitable future, Xavier and Magneto are confident they can change it. Where Moira probably doesn't believe so much. But uh and that's probably like just the arrogance of these two. But that's uh that's where the powers of X ends where uh, Magneto and Xavier look upon their kingdom and they're just like, Let them try to stop us this time. And they're like, Yeah, let them try. Real badass, you know. I wonder what X-Men's going to be like, man. Because it's yeah. not going to just be this nice little team that's, yeah, let's go soft crimes. You know, yeah, they're definitely going to be dark, bro. Yeah. They're be real serious. They're working towards something now. Uh, we still don't know what exactly Moira and Xavier and all their plans are. Um, but, yeah, that was Powers of X. Uh, so good, man. 
I've been we've we've you've you've heard us. We've been fucking loving every issue of this, and uh, we can't wait to see what happens next. We get a little bit of a reading order uh, as to co- what comes next. Uh, we'll be co- we'll be covering the number ones for the most part. X Men will stay with us no matter what, unless it's like egregiously terrible. Yeah, for <laughs> whatever reason. But uh, Marauders, Excalibur, X Force, New Mutants, and Fallen Angels will have a chance. Hickman is writing X Men. Right, yes. like yes. okay, and maybe the other ones are by other people. Yeah, no, okay. the other ones are for sure by other people. I think New Mutants may he may have a hand in that one. Whatever he has a hand in, I'm pretty sure is going to be valid. Yeah, but uh, the rest of these, they got auditions to do. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited about it. Marauders is apparently Mutant Pirates, the series Mutant One Piece. So what? <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, that was Powers of X. So fun. You got to catch up before Dawn of X starts. You guys, it's going to be so cool. Uh, but in the meantime, Brian, bring us back to Japan. Dr. Stone. Dr. Stone, chapter 124, Inventions of God, Invention of Gods and Devils. Um... We get a better idea. Rat a tat tat. This chapter, we get a better understanding of what the Kingdom of Science's plan is. Uh, they're trying to get Moz to um, to pose as this opposing army, so they can uh, force, so they can force the new Treasure Island Kingdom to essentially. To trick them into thinking they have way more enemies they can and force them into using the petrification device so they can snag it with the drone. Uh, but Ryusui brings up the more the thing that they didn't really think of is just uh, if if Moss is going to be there while they're trying to get the uh, the petrification to, uh, device, he can easily betray us at any point and just take the petrification device for himself. Yeah, right after he scoop it out the sky. But luckily for them, uh, Senku's been thinking of an anti-Maz plan. And Anti-Maz. <laughs> <laughs> it's guns! Um, oh, you're going straight to the point? Yeah, that was pretty Yeah, much anti-human. Yeah. Not just anti-Maz. They don't give a fuck who you are. You could be Superman. Guess what? We got guns. Guns! Um, they uh, Essentially, this was something they were going to use against Sakasa anyway. But uh, they didn't. They just didn't get a chance to. But now they're finally putting into fruition. They make a makeshift gun, uh, out of this fidget spinner thing they've been building, and a bunch of uh, makeshift point parts. Um, uh, Ukio makes this point where he's like, "Guns aren't evil. <laughs> People are evil." Which, all right, uh, it's a uh, uh, yes and no. Yes and no. I don't want to get into this, right? It does help that... I mean, is heroin evil? <laughs> it does help that <laughs> the gun that they build is not is not lethal. Uh, it's essentially a pea shooter. It's just like a powered-up pea shooter. It's It shouldn't kill anyone. But it's going to hurt him a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. Enough so that he doesn't bother them. The only problem is that nobody in this... Uh, Nobody in this squad has gun training at all. Except for the American. Yeah, they bring Yo back to life. Oh, no, he's not American. No, but, but he was a cop. He Oh, oh yeah. Wait, he's a grown-up? Yeah. I thought he was like no grown-ups. 
How young can you be a cop in Japan? Probably eighteen. 14? He's probably eighteen. Mm, he looks eighteen-ish. Yeah. I can I can buy eighteen. That's an adult. He's a Tsukasa tall dude. Said no adults. <laughs> Maybe he just meant no old people. That's yeah. fucked up. Eighteen and under. I feel like he's eighteen. Um, but they bring Yo back and they're like, "Here's a gun," and Yo's like, "Yeah, <laughs> guns." And they're trying to just like convince him to not be a shithead. Uh, and Amarillo's just like, "Ooh, you and your gun are cool." We get this really, admittedly, well-drawn two-page spread of uh, Yo shooting a gun, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it was mad lit. Yeah, the detail of it is really good, and Yo looks like a badass. But uh, he starts shooting. They they set up three bottles for him to shoot, but he misses all of them, and it turns out he kills a snake instead. A but, venomous one, too. Yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, you got that snake before any of us saw it. Your eye must be really good. And uh, the chapter ends where it's revealed that he wasn't even aiming for the snake. He was aiming for the bottles, and he just happened to hit this fucking snake. Yeah, he missed all of them. He sucks. He needs to practice. Yeah. Uh, overall, fine chapter of uh, of Doctor Stone. Cool. Now they got gats. Now they got the strap. Scoop, boop, boop, boop. Sapop. How many different ways can we say peace? Skeep, skeep. That's how guns sound, right? It's got the metal on them. Um, but that was Doctor Stone. Fun issue as always. Um. Always excited to see what happens next. Their plan is probably not gonna go as swimmingly. The next chapter, packing heat. <laughs> but uh, with that being said, Superman. Ooh, Superman. Aww. We don't usually talk about Superman. Sad stuff. Sad stuff. But I'm glad we did this week. Uh, Superman. Oh, you're glad. I'm glad this was a good issue. All right. Number sixteen, the Super Sons. Uh, the uh, the issue starts where uh, Robin is like fighting Leviathan people, and uh, you know he gets uh, he gets an assist from Superboy himself, who is now aged extra. Yes, and he is a young man now, mm-hmm. instead of a preteen. Yeah, and Damien greets him by throwing a bunch of batarangs at him because he doesn't believe he's John Kent. This was actually legit kind of funny to me. He just yeah. didn't stop throwing batarangs at it. And, like, Superboy's not affected by this at all. No, not even a tiny bit. But it's like, just... stop it, Damien. <laughs> it's me. But uh, it's a sweet little reunion. Um, they hug and fight crime for a while. Um, Robin accuses him of being Leviathan. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they, they have some bro time before... Um, Superboy tells him about like the Legion of Superheroes and how he's gonna go spend his time in the future now, and they won't be able to hang anymore. Damien's co-signing it. I thought he was gonna, you know, play the role of being upset and be a sundere about it or something. <laughs> yeah, but he was just like, "Nah, nigga, go for it, bro. I would go to the future if I had a chance." Hey, Matter of fact, are they inviting me? Yeah, he is pre- there more room? Is there a bat guy? Do they need a bat person over there? Yeah, right. He said, "Do they have a bat person?" Nigga said, "I don't know. I don't know, man. I can ask for you." Um. <laughs> But yeah, he's like, so yeah, we stand gonna, out. You know, they have like a cool little bro hug. They're just like, bro, I'm gonna miss you, bro, 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 yeah, bro. Um, and uh, the issue, uh, they ends at the at the Fortress of Solitude where um, Superman and Superboy are saying their goodbyes. Saturn Girl shows up and uh, is and shows him like the future to see if he's like just so he can finally make up his mind. He's like, you, I can show you the future if you're still apprehensive about it. And he's like. All right, the future's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Bring me along. I'm down for it. 
Uh, and the issue ends with uh, they give uh, they give Superboy and Superman like little telecommunication devices so they can talk to each other from the future. They can speak through time. Yeah. However, that's supposed to work. The future technology. Booster go. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. I don't think booster's a part of this team. Booster. Booster gold. But, um, yeah, Superboy heads off, and then Superman is left alone in this fortress of solitude, all sad, because his little boy's growing up. Yeah, I'm sad, too. What the fuck, man? That's my son. Probably not even going to see him anymore. Are we going to read Legion? Yeah. Yeah. We got to give it a shot. Oh, Brian Michael Bendis is his most important, biggest project <laughs> yet, right? <laughs> yeah. Cap. We're going to see. I mean, the Legion of Superheroes is a pretty big team. Literally in size and in stature, they were a big deal for a time. Um, but yeah, that was Superman. Kind of a touching issue. I missed the suit. All it did is make me miss the Super Sons. Yeah, I missed Super Sons. It was very wholesome. It was a fun series, and I wish it was still going. But uh, with that being said, that was Superman. Brian, randomize me. My Hero Academia. Ooh. My Hero Academia, Chapter 245, Rise to Action. Um, last we left off, Hawks is desperately trying to get this message over to Endeavor and just be like, fucking get it, you idiot. <laughs> Please understand what I'm trying to say to you. These guys are listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> so he uh, he basically gives off his little like verbal tips for a second, and uh, that's where he leaves uh, Endeavor to take the kids over to his agency, which is huge, and he's got a fire-themed sidekick, it seems. Uh, her name is uh, Burnin. <laughs> <laughs> I like her design. She's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder where her power is, specifically. It's just fire hair. She could probably shoot fire from her hands and stuff. Yeah. It's the fire, fire hands. Um, but yeah, uh, the mummy man. Yeah, basically, the kids are going to be trained by uh, Endeavor sidekicks for a little while. Uh, meanwhile, Endeavor's trying to crack uh, Hawks' code. And uh, in so many words, he figures out that the highlighted passages inside the uh, the Liberation Army manifesto, every second word in the highlighted sections is the message that they're trying to that he's trying to get. And uh, he basically, it, we're I was right. <laughs> he's basically warning them about um, the uh, the Legionists, the the Legion, the League of Villains hijacking the Meta Liberation Army. But we get a little extra piece of information as well hidden in this especially since like hawks's power his feathers can apparently pick up uh hyper uh, like uh, uh vibrations in the air and he can listen using his fucking feathers no he's got mics on them no dude he says like my fierce wing can pick out sounds from vibrations in the air the mics on him are the legion of uh the league of villains yeah and they don't they're not speakers they're they're uh, oh, microphones. They're just mics. Yeah. Oh, but he can hear people. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty. That's pretty wild. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know how they even fucking make sense, but I'm down for it. Uh, Hawks essentially hears and uh, relays to Endeavor that in four months the lead the League of Villains is uh, planning on destruction for all once uh, Shigaraki gets his power. So I imagine Shigaraki's about to inherit uh, one for uh, all for one. Hell yeah. yeah, he's getting there, man. He's learning how to use his power a little bit more. Well, he has. I don't think he's gotten it yet. I think he's about to get it passed on. There are probably gonna be like a little section where we hear that the League of Villains have 
broken into that prison that all for one's in, just so they can pass down the power to That's Shigaraki. That's gonna be so. If they show that, I'll be pretty. I wonder how soon that is from now, man. I, I don't know. Hero Academia seems like things are kind of. There might be a little bit of time because I think everybody's still recovering and they're still playing. I hope. I I could I could wait another few years for something like that to happen. Like, well, four months is when this big fucking event in story is supposed to happen. Do I smell a part two to my villain Academia? I hope so. Maybe. I know Christian would be super stupid. Hell yeah! My dude. villain, my my villain Academia was so fucking good. It's insane. Yeah. It was better than almost anything. Even better than <laughs> I think it's better than, than normal. Goku and Superman combined. I think it's <laughs> I think it's better than normal. My Hero Academia, to be honest. Are you sure you're not saying that because you are indeed an edge lord? No, <laughs> it has nothing to do with no, that. No, I'm that not even fact a, of you. I'm not even an edge lord. You're telling me now he's capping, guys. I'm not an edge lord. What right. are you talking about? You only have so much space for your all this new name cap. is Edge Lord. I'm not an edge lord. ELB. <laughs> edge it was lord just Brian. really well written. All right, Edge Lord Brian. So yeah, Sugar Rocks is gonna blow everything up in four months. That's it. Yeah, he's gonna destroy everything in four months, and there's nothing the heroes can do to stop him. Uh, but I'm excited about it. Hopefully, <laughs> Midoriya like fucking steps up his game. And yeah, he turns into Spider Man with his black chains ability. Black whip. Yeah, the whip. Yeah, you know he's gonna the get whip. around like that. He Ow. gonna get the whip. Deku Deku still needs to get like four more powers i think or some shit yeah he has so. like six whole quirks this series isn't close to ending if anything oh yeah no we're not if, saying it's if anything ending. there's probably going to be like like a shippuden kind of thing where it's like no i don't think they're gonna time skip. my hero agency because this... you don't think it's gonna be a time skip not right there, now there, at least there will be a time skip no not yet point. not now because this Maybe is supposed soon. to be even four months so i don't think they're gonna be graduating anytime soon or uh, or hero society crumbles in four months and then we see that could be a possibility i mean i guess i'm not ruling out i don't want to rule out a time skip entirely yeah a lot of no move Mm -hmm. i don't know man i'm I'm excited to see what happens um we're probably gonna get a couple arcs before we see shigaraki again uh i could probably see like two arcs happening with this uh work study stuff happening so you never know but uh that was my hero academia so fucking um, with that being said, mm, Espinal, Edge Lord, Oh yeah. Who's that? Who's that? Hello? Yeah. It's One Piece. <laughs> oh yeah, guys. Last but certainly not even close to being the least. One Piece chapter nine hundred and fifty-eight, the Promised Port. Uh, this is a short chapter. This is fifteen pages. Oh yeah, it was short, and it was like. Damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> very, very uh, articulate, huh? Yeah. The issue was like, damn. The chapter starts with a flashback to Roger's ship. Um, he's hanging out with Rayleigh and Buggy and Shanks. Oh, you love this stuff. And Odin. Um, you know how I know you love this stuff? Because I like this stuff. Yeah, I was excited. So to if see I him. like it, that means you fucking love it. I'm always excited to see Roger. Roger's a big deal. Him and his mustache. Yeah, who isn't hyped to see King of the Pirates? You know what I mean. Definitely Christian. Hell, I was I was hyped when I saw him on the first. Not as page. hype as Chris. No, yeah, I was like, ooh, 
Roger boy. He blew the roof off this motherfucker. Hell yeah, man. But uh, essentially, they're all like gathered around Odin. Odin's like, they're they they're asking Odin if he needs help with whatever he's about to do, and Odin is like, nah, this is a cozy keep problem. I might. I'll figure it out, you know. Um, Thanks I, for the sake, though. Yeah, essentially, he's saying that um, I've he's always had his reservations about why Wano had to be a an isolationist country. And uh, he decides that he can't leave his country behind, but then come back and just be like, make me shogun. So he intends to go back to Wano and earn his shogunship, which is good on Odin. Um, yeah, instead of being a self-entitled faggot. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> oh, shit. <Whoa>. <laughs> True. <laughs> no no offense to the homosexuals. <laughs> yeah. Um, in any case, 25 years have passed since that time. And... Uh, Wano Act 3 begins. Uh, uh, it starts at Hakumai, the Habu port, and uh, everything's getting together for Kaido's Fire Festival. Uh, ja Rule Orochi is about to catch <laughs> a pop. Uh, wait, who's the, who's the Ja Rule Are in this situation? Are you ready? <laughs> who's the Ja Rule in this situation, and who's the other guy? I feel like ja, Kaido's the Ja Rule in this. I guess not. Because he's like the big money man, no? He's the guy in charge of everything. He's definitely Ja Rule. Kaido's Ja Rule, and Orochi is the one. No, Orochi's Ja Rule. Kaido is the investors behind him. It was two dudes. It was Ja Rule and, and that white guy. He's the Orochi's the white guy. Yeah, that's what I was saying. No, no, no. Nah, whatever. Sure. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Kaido's Fire Festival, everyone. <laughs> <So>. um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're setting the stage for the Fire Festival in general. Uh, everybody's arriving. You know, Orochi just hit on the port. Uh, everybody's like excited for this fucking festival. And uh, we cut to outside of Onigashima, where the uh, Ayakaza Nine uh, arrive at the port. And no, no, their four hundred thousand, their four thousand soldiers aren't there to meet them. Yeah, no one's there. No one showed up. Dub. No one's. Uh, no one on the smail is responding. And um. They can't contact anyone. No one's at the port. They're just wondering what the fuck happened. Um, the cat's not there. Yeah. No, well, he's not on the island yet. He went to go find Marco. Remember? Oh, the phoenix. Yeah. You're right. That's why he, he's never been on Wano. Uh, but in any case, uh, the the samurai decide to, you know what, fuck it. We'll go ourselves. Uh, Dogstorm picks up a boat. He just like fishes out of the goddamn water somehow, and he's like, "We're gonna use this to get in." And um, we learned that uh, the incident already happened in the previous night, and Orochi is just like ecstatic with himself. So, and we did know that Orochi got their location to the port, so he probably has did something to fuck up the soldiers. Yeah, man, this nigga is so shiesty. I'm so tired of him. Yeah, he killed the I'm dawn. So tired of Orochi. I'm ready for him to get murdered. Yeah, not. Beat up and wide eyed and I locked in prison so he can have commentary in the next hundred chapters from now or something. <laughs> I want him dead. I want Frankie to dead, dead to with his big fucking arms break his face in half, <laughs> <laughs> just punch, knock his whole fucking head in half. Yeah, just really hurt him. Send the two pieces flying in separate directions. Give him a Coca Cola uppercut. <laughs> a Coca Cola uppercut. Frankie Cola. Yeah. Um, but that was One Piece. Short chapter, and it's off this week. So, it's, we're fucked. 
fuck. <laughs> it's two weeks away. <laughs> the dude needs breaks from dropping bombshells. I dude. know. At least we got One Punch Man, which maybe we could talk about next One Punch. Week. Why not? Why not? We'll next be missing. Week. We'll next be missing One Piece. We got to replace it with a one something. Um, but that was One Piece. Is that it? Are we at the end? Yep. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Cut that music on and put the volume low. <laughs> <laughs> Why you do it? And uh, w- meanwhile, I'll tell the people, thank you guys for listening to New Jump City. You are very much appreciated. Thank you so much. Yes. Find us on the Instagrams, on the Twitter at the Chris Espinal, at JD Cole underscore thirty seven, at Brian Espinal eight, and Underdogs underscore Brian. Uh, email us at newjumpcitypod at gmail dot com. Spotify, find us on that if you prefer. Check out our YouTube, subscribe. Click the links below. There'll be leave links. us a like. Give us a fucking five star on the on the app, on the podcast app. Fuck yeah, man. Leave a comment. Say what you liked about us. Say what you didn't like. But mostly what you like. But if you cap, I'm a cat back at you. Yeah, Josh means that. He's very mean when he wants to be. (laughs) And if you have an iPhone, you better set a shortcut to the the new Jump Podcast. Hey, Shiri, put on the best podcast (laughs) in manga and American comics (laughs) and games and recreation. Five stars, please. That's a long command for Siri, and that'll be probably... She'll she'll do it. I, I could probably change it and see if that actually works. Yeah. I mean, well, anyway, that's been our show. Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Stay safe, New Jump citizens. Peace out. Bye.